welcome to the Grapeseed Official Podcast. On this episode of Grapeseed Friends, we welcome Tessa, a teacher in Vietnam. Welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. My name is Tessa from Grapeseed Meilcon in Vietnam. I have been teaching Grapeseed for more than two years already, and I've been so through so many classes within the past two years that I have had with Grapeseed. Excellent. So that gets rid of our first question here already about how long you've been teaching. So what's the next one here about how many classes you've, you're teaching this year and what unit they're on? So this school year, like the previous school years, I'm currently in charge of four classes. They are from units two, three, five, and 11. And you can say that there are many differences between them that I can see quite clearly. Two or three, they are just beginners who are getting to know the language. However, I find that they are always the most cheerful and enthusiastic. Unit five is like when when they are pretty familiar with the language and they are also familiar with my expectations of them. So I find that they would often automatically learn the materials right after they receive it. And there are changes with them mostly from unit five. Unit 11 is like one of my highest unit. I find that they can produce language quite well and often they feel free to do it. I just love how each unit handles language and experiment with the, the language. They just talk a lot to me about their surrounding worlds as they get to know the language. So with all that experience and all those units you've taught, what is your favorite unit and component? My favorite unit, it's one that I am teaching right now, and I have had it for four times already. It is unit three. This unit is often where I notice that students participate more actively in my classes, and there are noticeable changes in how they interact with the language. The components that I think are the most fun to do are uh, the songs, Colors Everywhere, the song Black, and the stories, Marvin goes to school, and I like these things. They are always the most fun to do in the class. That's like half the unit. You really like unit three then. (laughs) Yeah. Excellent. When you went to your first grapeseed training, what did you think? What were your first impressions? The grapeseed training in Vietnam lasts for two days, and I thought that it was clear and quite concise and also like practical. We got a a lot of time to, you know, practice teaching each component instead of just listening to how each component works. I find that when you practice, you notice that there are so many things to consider when you teach a component. And the trainers were monitoring us when we teach each component. And they also gave us a lot of useful suggestions. And that was when they prepare us the most for our future classes. The, these were the longest two days, but like I think every minute of it was really worth it. Yes. <laughs> My first impression when I got to Grapeseed headquarters in, in Hanoi was when like the trainers worked together so well that they, you know, they are like a family and they work together so effectively that every teacher was like so motivated to participate in their training sessions. Excellent shout out for the Grapeseed Vietnam team. They're all very nice people. I, I, I haven't been there in a few years, but I, I really wish I could go back soon. 
Yes, really. Like the first day we were there, they even made the effort to, you know, remember all our names. And then the following sessions, they would just address us using our names instead of just asking, like, can you do this? Can you do that? That they they also say everybody's names. So people feel like they are really appreciated. That is great. So from that training, you initially started teaching your own class. And of course, making that transition, there's a lot of different things you have to consider and a lot of new ideas that you have in your own classroom. What is one thing that you found to be really effective in your own classroom? Ah, uh, yes. This one, I've tried this recently. So uh, sometimes when I want the class to, you know, give me an answer for a specific question, like uh, what is your favorite color or uh, what animal do you like the most? But like when I'm asking one student, the some other students would just like their minds are just wandering off <laughs> as they are sitting quietly on the chairs. So immediately I think that I should ask them to stand up and like move around a little bit to, you know, activate their brains. So I ask all the students to quickly push the chairs back to the, to the wall and then we sit in a circle. I take a toy or something like something small in my hand and then I share my answer to the question. Like, what do you love at school? I love the swings. I love the slide. And then I pass the my object to the next student in the circle. And I immediately that the student would know that, that they are the one uh, who is going to speak. And the circle, we just go around the circle quite quickly. And I also repeated each student's answer. So they know that they are heard. And also the, the other students can hear them. And I praised them individually. And they were really happy when I did that. I find that when they are sitting in a circle and facing their classmates, they listen more attentively instead of just the, the teacher who is the one who listen who listens to their friends. And that's why it, within like one or like one and a half minute, I can get all the answers from everybody and they just have a fun time doing that. So I think that, wow, this stuff, this stuff really works for me and for this class. That sounds like an excellent idea. I think a lot of teachers will try to steal that and use it in their own classroom. So thank you for sharing that. I really hope so. <laughs> <laughs> what was the funniest thing a student of yours has said in class? So my student, I was teaching a unit four online class and I had a five-year-old student in my class. So, you know, kids are not familiar with technology. So the boy's uncle was sitting next to him. He made sure that the boy stays focused. So when I asked the class, you know, to do a transition, like run around your room, like run fast like a zebra, the, the uncle participated in the lesson with him also. And when I asked the class to sit down, the boy said that to run uh, slow, it's like he is telling his uncle that his uncle runs quite slowly, but he like didn't know the words uncle and the word quite. It's like uh, he is saying that you run quite slowly. So he he made the sentence with what he knew without any hesitation. And he made sure that I listened to him. And he was like, he was like fishing for my compliment. And I found that it was a very funny and noteworthy moment for me because the boy really tried to convey his message to me, even with the barriers that he had back then. And I really appreciated him for doing that. 
that's a really funny story. I, I like I like to hear things like that where the students are they want to express themselves so badly that they'll kind of do anything. They'll use whatever tools they have just to try to get their message across. Yes, they are the, the like the nicest ones I've met. Yeah, he's very nice, and he made sure that I noticed his effort, and I really appreciate their efforts like that. But we all know the Grave Seed Classroom isn't always super fun and happy times. What is one challenge you've had teaching Grave Seed and how did you overcome it? Yes. So I think this challenge is like a common one for teachers who teach Grave Seed. So we all have because we are mostly using speaking and listening in the classroom. So students express themselves orally uh, using language. And we all have classes with both quiet and loud students. So whenever I teach a component, I find that like the quiet students often sing or speak so softly to the point that you can only read their lips instead of listening to them. So I read somewhere that shy and quiet students need to have like a shield in the classroom so that they feel safe when they participate in each activity. When the class size is big, shy students may not feel the need to contribute their voices to each activity that we have. So that was when I started to think that maybe I should not call the whole class or call each individual. Because when I address the whole class, the quiet students will be quiet. And when I address individuals, the quiet students may feel like unsafe. So they would be, you know, shy and they would not participate when they know that every eye is looking at them. So I started calling small groups to do each activity with me. So like when I teach the component for poems, I call like half the class or like groups of four to stand up, say hello to your friends and then read the poem together. So when I call each specific name in the class, the shy and quiet students can know that they need to participate with me. But they also have the shield, like the quiet one needs the loud ones to be their shield. So they can still have the shield, but they can still contribute their voice because they were there's only like four students standing up. So I find that they participate more when I do this. And after that, I find that they would try to participate alone. Like when I ask who can read this poem, uh, sit in the chair and read with me, they would raise their hand higher and like more confident because they have been through this uh, before with the shield. And now they are taking off the shield and I feel so proud of them for doing that. So this has been effective for many of my classes. So I'm happy to share with the teachers this technique. Yes, you should do this because the students, they really need to have comfort before they starting going out of their comfort zones. You've thought a lot about this. It's really clear to see in your answer there. Nice work. Yes. What is your favorite prop to use and what components do you use it with? The first time I think about this, the prop that comes to my mind the most of the time would be the hand puppets or like the stick puppets, depending on your availability. For example, like around the classroom, we have farm animal puppets like the pigs and the rabbits and the chickens and, and things like that but for 
specific ones like the fireman or the farmer, I think I would use the stick puppets by just making them myself. I can use them for a lot of, of components like the songs with small conversations like the song Hello, the song Where. These are from Unit 1. The song like Nice Things to Say or the song hello how are you so i i, I made the 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 puppets uh, the stick puppets with pete's dds tanya's and artie's faces on a small stick and then i hand out the sticks for my students to sing a song uh yeah like this group you can be pete this group you can be artie this group you can be dd and this group you can be tanya so they really enjoyed that or like the song guess who like from unit eight there are so many characters like the farmer the doctor or some things like that so i made the stick puppet with the faces and then i hand out to them and then they sing the song they, they know who they are going to sing about so and for stories like uh, the spider's web we have so many characters in the story the spider's web and it, it's one of the f most fun components that I have with the students when they can interact with each other and they also can role play different characters. So it's new for them. Since unit four, they have the spider's web or the red hen in unit six uh, or the dancing pig in unit four. And even if you want to, you can do this for the chance if you want to, you know, change it up in the classroom. It's a smart idea using puppets like that. I hadn't thought of some of those ideas that you mentioned, some of those cases when you're kind of assigning roles to different students and handing out the puppets for them. That That's a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. And st the students really like to do to use hand puppets because they know that they are in charge of something. It gives them power. <laughs> what are your class rules and which do you think is the most important one i usually have a specific rules for my classes but like the most basic ones and the simple to remember ones are sit nicely speak english listen to the teacher and be nice to your friends so i even made like i, I even got like the the rhythm to you know set the class rules like one, sit nicely. Two, speak English. Three, listen to the teacher. Four, be nice to your friends. So it's like something they can remember easily. So before every class that I have, I would try to do that as a like a quick warm up for them. And the most important one for me is to speak English at all times. Because you know that grapeseed classes focus mainly on the use of English. So sometimes when teachers are not paying attention to students, the students come back to the habit of speaking Vietnamese to their classmates. And once can become twice and then many more times after. So I always ask them to speak English and I always praise them for actively doing that. So when they get positive reinforcement from the teachers, they will try to keep doing that again and again. And this helps their learning to be more effective, more efficient. Now, we talked a little bit about before the podcast started off the record about your teaching experience online. Teaching online has been a tricky transition for many teachers in schools. How was your experience? And is there any advice you'd like to share? 
currently COVID has lasted for nearly three years. And I have to say that 2021 was the year that the world suffered the most. So that was when online classes started to open and like there were a lot of changes that uh, needed to be adapted. So for both teachers and students, there are a lot of difficulties in teaching and learning and all things were compacted within small screens. There were no physical interaction, no learning environment for the students, no easy access to, you know, learning materials and also some other things like a stable internet connection and parents support at home. So it was really hard for everyone back then. However, I managed to come up with uh, solutions to each problem when I reflected on my online classes. So after every class that I had, I spent some time thinking like, how can I do this better? How to address this problem? A, a parent raised the problem in the class and everybody was talking about it. So there needs to be some changes. So I thought a lot about uh, what uh, happened back then. So for the students at home, I think that there are so many problems. So you should tackle each one like individually and keep reflecting on your teaching. Like because the classes for each teacher, they are different. So you need to think about your situation and what you would do. And for the students at home, I think that most teachers would suggest using virtual gaming platforms when they have extra time. But I think that when you do this for many, many lessons, the students can get bored. So one activity that I think you can try at home is like doing show and tell. So when students are in their houses, everything around them belongs to, to them. So you can try to ask students to do this activity, like find three animals around your house, find two things with numbers on them, or find something with this color or that color. And they will do this as a transition or even like a, with extra time activity. I think that students really like to share about themselves and they try to, you know, come up with the most unique thing they have around the house. And this activity is like quite fun to do. And also the answers can be individualized when students talk about the things that they have. And they really like it when their friends are amazed about what they have around the house. So I highly recommend using this activity in your online classes. I like that idea. That's a really good one. And that's really good advice for everybody. So let's open up the last question here, just general advice for teaching grapeseed. So my advice to future future grapeseed teachers would be like five bullet points that I have here. Number one is that you should always try to make learning fun. When everybody is having fun, learning is more effective and you feel better after each class that you have. Number two is that you should be flexible because each class is different. So what works for one class may not work for other classes. So that's why you need to keep reflecting on your teaching. Always be positive, active, and creative. Number three is that make sure that students know that they are respected they are listened and they are cared for because kids really love that for them. And when you do so, they would participate more and 
you know, join you in the journey for a long time. Number four is that you should take advantage of every teachable moment whenever they happened. So yes, when you do this, uh, it gives them the context and it also teaches them something that they should or should not do in real life. And number five is that remember you are always making a difference in each child's life. So everything you do, you should try to do it so that they have positive changes. Yes, and that's all I have to say for now. Thank you for listening. <laughs> And that is a, a very happy way to end the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Tessa. Yes, thank you so much for spending time with me. As always, everyone, thank you for listening and good luck in the classroom. Goodbye, my friends. Goodbye. I'm sad to say goodbye. It was a good day, but now I will say goodbye, my friends, goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.